everybody, I'm Jay. Welcome to another episode of Twitterology. And I'm here with, as always, my good buddy Isaac. What's up, man? Yeah, we need a jingle. So when you say like Twitterology like that, there's like this little five note. Dude, you just gave away our editing stuff because there's music underneath this while we're talking about this. Gosh. (laughs) Do-over. Amateur hour. (laughs) That voice you hear right there for do-over is our dear friend Liz Diddy, who's hanging out with us today. Thanks for being here, Liz. Yeah, I guess we're rolling. We are rolling. Liz (laughs) is a spiritual director and a speaker. She is the author of a new book. Uh, This is most people struggling to hear God in their lives. Go check out God's Many Voices. Super exciting. Thanks for being here. Yeah. And uh, we have another buddy here. Chris Nye. Hello. What's up, man? Hey, it's good to be here. I'm happy guys, to be here. You guys know Chris. He's done Regen stuff with us. We've interviewed him. He um, He's a pastor at Awakening Church yes. here in the Silicon Valley. Yeah. He's a professor, speaker, writer, um, wrote a book a couple of years ago called God, uh, Distant God. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're working on another book now? Yes. Is there a title? Yes. There is. <laughs> yes. I just, it took me a while to think, can I share it? Yeah, yeah. Because it, it. Right. it just got finalized. It just got fun. No, I, I would love to. Let's break the news right what, here on the oh pod. Oh my God. Is this breaking news? Let's break it. On Regen Podcast? It. I hope it's good. No, no it's got to be good. <laughs> Holy cow. Breaking news, <laughs> no, everybody. Be. What is it? Let me make sure I can get it right. Okay. The, the title of the book is Less of More, Pursuing Spiritual Abundance in a World of Never Enough. Okay, that was good. Pretty that good. I've been honest. I'm happy that with this. I'd have been really honest. I've been like, mm. you would have been like, ooh, didn't oh, like it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm that. I'm that guy. In true <laughs> author no. fashion, please notice Chris not only gave us the title, he included the all important tagline. The subtitle the is subtitle at, is, is more important than the title. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because then people don't have to read it. So the our <laughs> title is Twitterology, and our subheading for today is our subheading is. Just read Jesus. Just read mm. Jesus. So here's the deal. Uh, like a year or two ago, I I saw this tweet because it was being retweeted like crazy. And it was, you know, 120 characters or so of somebody's struggle with the Bible and with the tensions in the scriptures. And then it ended with this thought, really on the surface, a beautiful thought, you know, at the end of the day, when the Bible's confusing, when life is confusing, just read Jesus. And since then, I've seen um, several tweets that are similar in nature. So that's what we're that's what we're unpacking today. Just read Jesus theologically. Let's unpack that a little bit, because um, I think on the surface, right away at least, we would say reading Jesus, um, i.e., reading the Gospels, the stories of Jesus, and the words of Jesus and his teachings, and embedding your life into his life as you see them in Scripture. All good things. Reading Jesus is really great, um, but the phrase just read Jesus, leaves um, a little something to be desired, in my opinion. Uh, Would love to get your thoughts. What do you guys think? Yeah, I've told people to just read Jesus. I'd retweet that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it for Liz. (laughs) Podcast is over. No, (laughs) totally. You know, I think I have too in some ways. Yeah, I mean, especially when people are just starting out, um, you know, there's a lot of broken images of God out there floating around. And I think the way that we can anchor ourselves in, you know, who, what God is like, we're told that Jesus is the exact embodiment, the the word, the communication of who God is. Um, you know, and John 1 starts with this beautiful picture of, you know, no one knows what God is like. Moses gave us the law. 
law. Like we thought we might know what God was like from that, but Jesus gave us grace and truth. And he is the very essence of God who came here and we didn't recognize him. But if we can learn to recognize him, if we can learn to see him and and hear his words, we're going to understand what God is like. And the Gospels is a great place to be grounded in that. Yeah, I think that's the purity of the tweet or the purity of the sentiment that all of us would are and are nodding our heads right now that we would agree with. The interesting thing is that people want to separate just Jesus, and that's the key phrase there, but to separate Jesus when in all actuality, if you were to just read Jesus, he would, he himself, right, would push you to the rest of the yes. scriptures. Like just reading Jesus would actually cause all of who you are to go to the Old Testament in particular, but also the writings of Paul and the writings of Peter and all the apostles, because his life was so transformative for this world, and his theology was so rooted in the Old Testament, and he quotes it left and right. Oh, Psalms and Isaiah. Or, yeah, I mean, Isaiah was basically his vocational book. I mean, yeah. he was reading that going, this is who I'm going to be and who I am. And so it, it's it's funny that, that that gets tossed out there in a in such a way of like, that's enough, because I think Jesus himself would go, to go even deeper into who I am, to know me even more fully, you know, read more about me in these other testimonies to who I am. Yeah, and, and all of these, I think you guys both nailed it. There's a version of it that is true, that, that every one of us could affirm. You, the last thing you said, Liz, was uh, that's what we want to ground ourselves in. And that's the perfect way to summarize the pure version of that tweet is ground yourself in Jesus in the Gospels, yes, Um but the, the more sinister version is, and this is the one I see most often retweeted, like in social media, is that there's some bad stuff in the other parts of the book, uh, other parts of that book, the Bible, and we don't really like those. Yeah. We don't like Paul. We don't like the Old Testament. Peter's okay sometimes. And so it's not that we just want you to read that. It's actually, that's the only part that we're going to look at as, as authoritative in our lives. So Jesus, you obey, and the other stuff is just some stuff that you have to take along with it. And the, the big issue with that is that it's actually impossible to just read Jesus for re- reasons you just mentioned, but then historically, we don't have a book that Jesus wrote. There aren't, there's, there's no such thing as just the words of Jesus. Yeah. The words of Jesus that you have are the compiled words of the apostles, the people who wrote the New Testament. And so you can get the same account appearing, the same event occurring in Matthew and Mark. And in one account, Jesus says 10 sentences. And in Mark's account, he says three sentences. Mm-hmm. Two of them are the same in Mark, and there's introduction of one new sentence. The reason why I bring that up is, again, you are reading the compiled words of Jesus by the people who wrote the New Testament. There is no perfect, unadulterated gospel of Jesus according to Jesus that exists outside of the first followers of Jesus. So, of course you want to read what Paul said in Romans— of course you want to read what Peter said, because those are the same people who brought the New Testament together. So it's actually historically impossible to magically extract the red text in and of itself from the shaping of the community of the first followers of Jesus. Well, and and you're kind of getting to the um, the issue, right, of the the motivation or the application that would be unhealthy is to say 
just read Jesus, not just read Jesus to understand who Jesus is or what God is like, but just read Jesus and ignore the rest because mm-hmm. you don't have yeah. to do the work to figure out the rest. You don't have to do the work to um, put the pieces together and to consolidate how w- the contradictions or the nuances or the things that would challenge your faith or doubt. Um, like just, you know, skip it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the application part of it is super important. And even when people say just read Jesus, when pushed, I've often found that there's even even in the just Jesus stuff that they don't want to fall under or have be authoritative because there's this picture that Jesus just says beautiful, peaceful stuff all of the time. <laughs> Never anything like I came to, you know, turn father against son yeah, right. and so you know if your hand causes you to sin chop it <laughs> off better to enter heaven with one hand than go to hell type yeah. of stuff but it's in there it's in there and so the good version yes but i don't know do you guys when you see that online usually the sentiment behind it for me at least is yeah they're they're talking about what you mentioned Liz they don't they don't want the other stuff there they don't want it in their life yeah, that's what I was actually kind of going to ask that in a different way, where is the is the motivation behind that? Because this is kind of a hermeneutic, right? It's like a it's a way to interpret the Bible incorrectly, albeit, but like it's, it is a form people are trying to use for hermeneutics. Is it lazy in the sense that people just want Jesus because that's maybe they view it as easier? They don't have to reconcile the word of Jesus with Leviticus mm-hmm. or the word of Jesus with Ezekiel. Um or is it, you know, opportunistic in the sense of what some of you are saying of like, uh, I just, I, I think it's a little bit easier for me to apply it to my life or something like that. Because I actually, I don't know, I think it, it could be one of those two things. The third thing I'm thinking that is potential is that in, uh, in Jesus is, um, it, it's a little bit to what you said. It's a, per, it's a person mm-hmm. who said things and that's just easier for me to access as a reader where I'm like, I can read the red letters. And so it's maybe a little bit like the lazy thing, but it's also like, this is just a person I can access it. And I don't have to steep through a lot of like people that think they don't have to steep through history just by reading yeah. Jesus, something like that. But I don't know. Well, so we know what we get by reading the red letters, right? Like there is, some, there are beautiful things that we get when we read Jesus. We we get an understanding of who God is. We get an understanding of what his heart for people is like. Um, there's so much there. But what do we get if we miss all the black, or what do we lose, I should say, if we, if we don't read the black letters? Yeah, I mean, I, I think to your point, Chris, I think all three of those things are true to a certain extent. Um but in terms of, you know, the it's easier to just read Jesus because Jesus was an actual person brings me back sort of to Isaac's point. Well, if you actually pragmatically do that and you open up Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you're not reading um, the, the transcribed words of Christ over his lifetime and then done. You're reading stories. You're reading narrative. And there are... You know, there's dialogue within that narrative for sure. And so if you understand even the phrase just read Jesus means you're embedding yourself in a narrative, then going back to what you just said, Liz, like what do we lose? 
Like there's a reason why this library of books we call the Bible is so full of such a wide breadth and variety of literary styles and forms and narrative being one of the primary ones. So I think on a macro level, I don't, I don't know that this is what you were asking, but on a macro level, one of the things we lose is the, the truth and um, beauty and goodness and those sort of epic crescendo moments of life that we're all hungry for that can only come in the form of a narrative. Like, it can only happen in narrative form. Like, Lord of the Rings, if we popped in a Lord of the Rings Blu-ray or put it up on Netflix right now, and we just skipped to the scene, right? Where, whatever, like, pick Highlight one. Highlight reel. Right, yeah. If we just, it would lo- it'd be sapped of all of its power, especially if you never knew the story. And, like, it might visually be interesting. You're like, oh, like, it seems like they're trying to make it an epic moment. But I don't really understand right. what's so epic what's about stake? it. What's at stake? Yeah, because yeah. I didn't do the work of watching the other six hours leading to this moment or reading that book that would have taken me a month leading to this moment. And so the whole just read Jesus, what do we lose when we read? You know, like, a, a practical example would be, all those times Jesus says, you've heard it said, but I tell you. Yeah. If, if you're just reading Jesus, you have to honestly say, actually, Jesus, I've never heard it said. So I don't, under, <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. even understand the thing point. that you're great point. flipping upside down, right? right? Or every one of his, so, take parables. Yeah. Parable of the vineyard. You cannot understand the parable of the vineyard without knowing the book of Isaiah. The, the images that Jesus uses to give new meaning to in the new covenant are being extracted from the Old Testament. Like you just won't get what that parable is about if you don't know that the vineyard is always Israel in, in Isaiah. We're doing an episode in the future, and I'll probably mention it again there, but kind of going to your point, let's take John. Starts off with, uh, in the beginning was the word in our halagos in the beginning was the word if you have just that you're going okay in the beginning was the word got it what's next if you know the old testament verse one the hebrew equivalent bereshit bara elohim in the beginning god the reader if they know the old testament immediately identifies john one as oh john is saying jesus was there and that not just, okay, we're starting a story. John in his gospel is not just starting a story. He is saying this is the same story that started a long time ago, specifically Genesis 1-1. And that, that changes everything. Changes who you think. What you mentioned about Jesus being the culmination, the fullness, the in the law, Moses gave us the law. All of that John chapter 1 is being grounded in the Old Testament. But... Just to push back on that a little bit, like I was a chaplain at um, a correctional facility for a couple of years, and when someone went to four Bible studies, they um, would switch from their, we gave them, everyone got a free New Testament, but when you went to four Bible studies, you had like gotten your full Bible, which people were so excited to have and to own, but then they would start reading it at the beginning. And it was so confusing, right? Like, yes, Isaiah gives us this 
incredible depth of understanding of the parables of Jesus mm-hmm. and the creation account and you know the the Exodus account yeah, gives like us five chapters this, in Genesis like, and then it gives, you know, Genesis. Like, <laughs> gives us this incredible understanding of John 1 but for for people who don't you know haven't been to seminary for people who struggle to understand the Old Testament what advice would you give to them to engage with the words and the parts that are harder to understand that might add depth and richness to the words of Jesus Jesus, but on their own are really difficult to muddle through. Yeah, and that's where, Jay, you uh, nailed it again, was with uh, the word just. So I would tell someone new to Christianity who does, I would say, read the Gospels, read the Gospels, read Matthew, do it like three times in a row before you do anything else. Just read the Gospels. But I wouldn't say just, just, like for the rest of your life, only read the Gospels, because we do we do, do a disservice. I, you know, how many times have... We heard well-meaning preachers and teachers just say, like, just just read your Bible and you, you'll grow. And it's like, we're all we're all church leaders. We know that people have tried that and they're like, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, reading Shakespeare is difficult, and that's in English from relatively a re- recent time. This is a book from a different, it's been translated from a completely different culture than our own. So I agree. I, I just, I always have the issue if it's just read that and leave it there sort of forever. Well, and I think too what we're saying is 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 again it's an interpretive thing that's saying the words of Jesus are different from the rest. You know, you said the red and the black, right? The red letters of Jesus are different from the black letters of Je- of of the rest of the Bible in some ways. And what we have to say and instruct people in is no and to help them as pastors and leaders to do the hard work of navigating a true hermeneutic that is able to take the rest of the Old Testament and Jesus's words, because that that I think is what the tweet is actually trying, or, or what that that just phrase is trying to do, which is to separate in some ways. Oh, the words of Jesus is all you need, and it's all that's good for church faith and practice, right? But what we have to do is say, actually, no. And the interpretation work is there, and we can help you with it. Um, and we can help you with those difficult passages in in Exodus, or Tim Mackey can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. That's the answer. Just Bible Project. Bible Project, Bible Project Remember, like, 20 years ago, the answer was always Jesus or God. <laughs> now the answer is just the Bible Project yeah. in church. Just kids all over America in Sunday school. I don't even preach Bible anymore. Project. Welcome to show Bible Project videos. Here's another video. Uh, again, I think what I see, the, the, or the most sinister version of it, what I see online is people not wanting to be under the authority of the rest of the scriptures. It's a picking and choosing. Now, when we say just read Jesus, none of us here in this conversation mean that. But when I see it, it's sort of like this hyper version of red letter Christians where we just do the words of Jesus. And I think what we're saying is, one, from a historical viewpoint, that's actually impossible to do. That doesn't exist. You don't have access to the unadulterated, perfect speeches of Jesus. They've been crafted by the very people who wrote the New Testament based upon the words of Jesus. Two, um, we want to weight the words of Jesus, the heaviest. They ma- The words of the perfect revelation of who God is is found in Christ crucified. We want to weight that the most. And But three, we also know that you'll never get the fullest picture of the fullest picture of God if you don't know the surrounding imagery that Jesus then adopts and brings to fulfillment. He is the completion to a very long story. It is like Lord of the Rings. You, you don't appreciate 
who Aragorn is as king when he's standing at the end, unless you've known the whole story of where he's been. Yeah, I mean, to to what you were saying, Liz, it's one of the things I appreciate about you that really is a pastoral question that sort of cuts through um, the mechanics of it, too, which is, I think, what we're all interested in, in balancing, right? So pastorally, how do we do this in a way where... You know, we can have this conversation, the four of us sitting around on these couches. In the abstract. Really fun, like, yeah. In the abstract, but for the person who shows up and we say, don't just read Jesus, read the whole Bible. And then it's like, holy cow, it's so confusing. We're going to do another Twitterology episode later um, about the church and about the need for the church. And that's what's interesting about these conversations is like they all not just these conversations, what's interesting about the journey of following Jesus is all of these pieces are designed to fit so well together. Um, So I've heard other people say this. I've actually heard all of you say this, and I'm in agreement with this too. Um, I think this is true for the entirety of the scriptures, but in particular for um, the, the especially obscure and difficult texts of the Bible, not just the Old Testament, but parts of the New as well. Man, reading in community, is an art form that's lost. Amen. Yeah, and and reading in in the context of um, like long format reading in community is absolutely lost, right? Maybe sometimes we get together and we're like, okay, let's read this, you know, half of this psalm and have a devotional. And I'm not bashing that. That's wonderful and beautiful and good. But there is also the necessity to gather together as God's gathered people and say, dude, I don't understand Leviticus at all. So can we get together on Wednesday mornings for coffee, the seven of us or whatever? And maybe, maybe we bring along, you know, this commentary, this one dude has a commentary or, or, you know, or like, let's watch the Bible project video and, and go through this together and just journey with it. Understanding and embracing the fact that if I sit down and read 10 verses of it, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm done, right? Like, what? What in the heck? What is that, right? What I need to do is read it the way it was written to be read and understood and received, which is long format and communal, you know? And that's not easy. And, and that's the difference between Twitterology and actual the actual work of theology and ecclesiology. It's not quick. It's not easy. It's not 280 characters or whatever, you know? But the work is worth it, and the yeah. work is part of the journey of discovery of the truth of that passage. Yeah. This has been really fun, you guys. So, you know, as you guys are listening, and uh, you may have a variety of opinions and such, you know, I think um, maybe maybe one way to conclude this entire conversation, um, sort of what I said at the beginning, I do think, and you said this really well, Liz, um, I do think read Jesus is an absolute must. You know, it's like, yes, please read Jesus, read the stories of Jesus. And in doing so, what you'll discover is that in Luke 24 on the Emmaus Road, that Jesus you're reading, it tells us, reveals the entirety of the scriptures, right, to his buddies walking on that road. And you will see him over and over again referencing places. And you said this, Chris, like naturally as you read Jesus, what will develop in you is that hunger and desire 
to discover the stuff he keeps talking about, he keeps mentioning, which is the entirety of the scriptures. Um, so it is, it is that word, you know, and this is the power of words. This is why we do these Twitterology, um, Twitterology episodes. It's like, man, you throw that word just in there. And even if you mean well, that could really throw us on a weird trajectory. It's like, that's, that's it. It's all I need. It's just the Jesus stories, you know? So hopefully this was helpful to you guys. Um, we'll be, throwing out way more Twitterology episodes uh, in the weeks and months to come. Um, Isaac, Chris, Liz, thank you guys so much.